Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Well, amen. Good to see you this morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend to you and happy Lord's Day to you as well. I'm glad you're here and uh, I am looking forward to just spending some time around God's work with you, encouraging. We've been in the topic of prayer for the last three weeks and today I'm going to conclude that series on prayer. So this will be our fourth week on prayer. If you missed any of those weeks, I want to encourage you to go back and you can listen to those uh, last three weeks and I hope that they are a help to you. Where's Sophia? Sophie Brown in here. Where's Sophie at? She's not here. Where is she at? She's home. She went home to see her parents, but you're here because I wanted to talk about you anyways, Dana. I just didn't want to embarrass you first. Dana's been coming to church since Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday was your first service, wasn't it, Dana? You're amongst friends. I can't embarrass you, Dana. Dana came, Sophie met Dana at University of Toledo in a class, and uh, Dana has been coming uh, since Easter. And uh, Dana grew up in a church and, and uh, uh, grew up and um, just kind of maybe felt church wasn't for her. And then she found Monclova Road Baptist Church. And she said, wow, those people are great people. And that pastor is a great pastor and he can preach. Wow. She said, um, and their God is a great God and their Jesus is a great Jesus. And she's been coming. How far, how long is Easter now? Has it been six weeks or so? Six weeks or so? And she's been coming every single week in this past week. Can I share the testimony, Dana? Good, because I'm going to anyways. <laughs> Last week, Dana went home, uh, went back to uh, Sophie's apartment. And Dana bowed her head and trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior. And became born again. I love those stories. And that's what it's all about, is bringing people to Jesus Christ. And uh, thank you for loving people, church. Thank you for being kind to people. Thank you for seeing guests and making them feel welcomed. And uh, Dana, Dana, thank you for coming. And uh, we rejoice with you. So I am so sorry for embarrassing you, Dana. But um, I just wanted our church to celebrate. You say, are people still being saved? Yes. God's still saving lives, and uh, we're so thankful for that. And so, Dana, we rejoice with you, and if you don't know Dana, get to know Dana. Dana, do you know everybody in this room? No, okay. Then you have not done your job, church. You make sure you get to know her. Go with me, if you would, please, the book of James, James chapter 4. James chapter 4, I want to talk with you this week, our fourth week on this topic of prayer. There's a series here that we've been doing and we've been teaching on how to pray. We've been teaching about prayer. We've been teaching about praying and walking in the spirit and praying in the spirit. And probably like no other series, this is the one that I have gotten the most um, res response from. And it's, it's daily. It's through text messages or through 
through emails, phone calls. I'm ringing a little bit up here, Ryan. Would you um, just take that ring out? Uh, we um, uh, we've we've had a lot of good response, and in one of the one of the areas that many people have asked, I think that that's a little bit more. I think you put ringing in. <laughs> Whatever you do, do the opposite. And and uh, uh, I, one of the response I've had from so many people is this: I pray, and it seems like God doesn't answer my prayers. I, I, am I doing something wrong? Does, does God not care? There, there's no substitute for prayer. We've said this over the last couple of weeks, and I remind us again today, for the Christian, there is no substitute for prayer. Prayer is the most powerful, most powerful thing we have as a believer, prayer. And, and, and we must, though, understand, learn and understand what is biblical prayer? What does the Bible say about prayer? All religions pray. But what, what does the Bible say about, about prayer? And we've looked at that over the last several weeks, what the Bible has to say about prayer. James, in James chapter 4, he mentions two great problems when it comes to prayer. And I want you to look with these with me, if you would, please. James chapter number 4, in verse number 1, the Bible says this, from whence comes wars and fightings among your among you. Come they not hence even of your lust at war in your members? James says there's some problems, there's some fighting, there's some wars that are taking place. And, and where do these things come from? They from your lust that you war in your members or in your body? He says this in verse two: you lust and you have not. You kill and you desire to have, you cannot obtain. You fight and you war, yet you have not because you ask not. In verse number three, he says, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity or at odds or war with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And James says here, there's two, there's two things. In verse number two, he says, yeah, yeah, you have not because you ask not. There's prayers that, that are not answered here today simply because we've not asked. You have not because you ask not. You say, well, God should know what I need and God should just give me what I need and why do I have to ask God for it? And we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks, but many prayers go unanswered because they go unasked. Then secondly, James says here, this in verse number three, he says this, you ask and you receive not. And so we have unasked prayer and we have unanswered prayer that James is speaking of in here in James chapter four. And, and I find this to be true so often. God answers prayer and he does it in several different ways. And many a times we've prayed and God simply says, yes, I'll, I'll answer that prayer. And we pray and it almost immediately, it seems like God gives us an answer and our prayers answered and we're so thankful and we praise God for it. Other times we pray 
and when God answers that prayer, he gives us something even better than what we asked for. How many of you ever prayed and God just even outdoes what you even asked for? I prayed for a wife and God gave me Michelle. I mean, that was more than I deserve. I praise the Lord for that. How many of you men can say amen to that? Not that you married Michelle, but that you, <laughs> to your wife, not mine. Yeah. Boy, we got more than what God, what we even asked for. And, and sometimes, sometimes though through prayer, the answer is yes. Other times it is, it's, it's better than what we even ask. And then sometimes the answer is wait. It's wait. How many of you love to pray and the answer is wait? What is God doing? I tell you, sometimes what God is doing is God is giving you patience. Sometimes what you have to understand and realize, church, is that you might think it needs to be in your timing, but God's timing is always better than your timing. And when you ask, it's not that God is not going to answer. The answer is yes, but the answer is in God's timing, not your timing. And we have to patiently wait upon God. And then sometimes, this is where oftentimes we can struggle with, sometimes the answer is no. God says no. Why would God say no? Because if the Bible says, I can ask, and, and anything you ask, God will give you, well, then, then why, why would God say no to something that he would ask? Let me ask you this question. As a child in, in, in your home, if your children, do you say yes to everything that your children ask? They ask. Do you say yes to everything? We don't say yes to everything in our that our children ask for because some of the things they ask for can't be given a yes. Some of the things they ask for, they don't even understand the consequences if they had what they thought they wanted. And sometimes the answer is no because they don't deserve what they're asking for in the moment. And so the answer many times is yes. The answer sometimes is better than what we've given. Sometimes the answer is wait. And sometimes God simply says no. Why would God say no? Look with me, if you would, please, in verse number three. The Bible says this, you ask and you receive not. And I'm so glad the Bible tells us the answer to this because he says this, because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Is it that God's not able to answer prayer? The reality is this, and we understand this, that God can do anything he chooses to do. There is no limits to God. God is powerful. And whatever God sets out to do, God can do. There's nothing that can stop God. Is God not able to answer prayer? The answer would be no. Is, is something wrong with God? The answer obviously is no. When God chooses not to answer prayer, it doesn't mean something's wrong with God. It just simply means that God knows what's best. So then when we pray, and the answer is no, why is it? Why would our prayers be hindered? I want to I talk to us today on hindered prayer. I want to close this four-week series of prayer out with this topic of hindered prayer. I want you to write this down, and we'll get to as much as we can to today, but I want you to write this down. 
In order for our prayers to be answered, number one, they have to be prayed in Jesus' name. They have to be prayed in Jesus' name. In John 14, 6, Jesus says this, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, I realize we're speaking in that verse, we're speaking of salvation, and we're speaking of eternal life, but we have to understand, even in the area of prayer, we get to our Heavenly Father through Jesus, in Jesus' name. He says, I'm the way. In John 14, 13, and 14, if you to study those verses out, you would find this. The Bible says, whatsoever you ask in my name, I will do. Jesus is saying, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do. So to go to the Father, we must go in Jesus' name. In John 16, verses 23 and 24, the Bible tells us this, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he shall give it unto you. And so Jesus is so very clear. And we've talked about this over the last several weeks. And so I, I don't want to belabor this point, but we understand our, some prayers are hindered because we're not going in the name of Jesus. And only the only prayer that God will here is when you go to him through his son, Jesus Christ. So many want to know this question. So what is the difference with all of these religions? How do we know what religion is true? First of all, I want to say to you simply this, religion isn't true at all. Religion is man's feeble attempt to do what only God can do. And we're not preaching religion. I'm not teaching on religion. And prayer is not a religious exercise. What we preach here at Monclova Road Baptist Church is Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ alone. Salvation is found in no other name outside of the name of Jesus Christ. As we sang about Jesus today, there is no name that we worship and we praise and we honor and we glorify outside of the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is who we come to worship today. Jesus is through him and his sacrifice, his death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is where salvation is found. We're not speaking of religion. We're speaking of Jesus. Prayer is not some religious exercise Prayer is how we communicate to the creator of this universe, God, through his son, Jesus Christ. And so prayers are hindered when they're not prayed in Jesus' name. Jesus is the way to the Father. In order to pray in Jesus' name, you must know him. You must know him. And receive him as your Lord and master. Receive him as your savior. God hears the prayer of those that know his son, Jesus Christ. And I would say that's what makes religion so different and religion so wrong because so many are serving other gods or trying to go about it their way. And it's only through Jesus Christ. We don't apologize for that at all. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so in order for prayers, first of all, for prayers to be heard, you must know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And so today, as we finish this series on prayer, as we conclude this series on prayer, the question that everyone needs to ask themselves in this room today is, do I know Jesus Christ as my Savior? Because the first thing you must do is be born again become a child of God. 
And when, now that you're saved, God will hear your prayer. And now that we're saved, as we pray in Jesus' name, the wonderful thing about praying in Jesus' name, I pray now with authority because I'm praying in Jesus' name. I love that, the song, that every knee will bow, every tongue is going to confess. That's a biblical, that is a biblical verse. Every name, the devils fear the name of Jesus. We have authority when we pray in Jesus' name. There's authority in that. We also, we have approval. We have approval by God. When we pray in Jesus' name, we have approval by God. And when we pray, we pray for the glory of Jesus Christ. And so first of all, I want you to write this down. Number one is when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. If we're not praying in Jesus' name, our prayers will be hindered. Number two, I want you to to write this down. And this, this is what we have learned about and we made a put a lot of emphasis in this one last week we pray in the spirit we pray in the spirit Ephesians 6:18 praying always in the spirit Jude chapter 1 verse number 20 praying in the holy ghost we studied this last week again i don't want to belabor this point but i just want to simply remind you many a times why our prayers are not heard is because we're not praying in the spirit we're praying with the lust of our flesh we want something and so we're asking for it we pray always in the spirit praying in the holy ghost We pray in the spirit because of our weakness. Prayer is is an admission of, Lord, I'm weak. I, I can't do this on my own. This today, my Michelle and I are celebrating our 23rd anniversary, and I woke up this morning, and I first thing on my mind, I realized and remembered, I can't do this on my own. I thank God for prayer over these last 23 years of our life. And I know my wife thanks God for prayer as well, because she also realized I can't do this on my own. Her husband needs prayer. I thank God for the power of prayer. We pray in the spirit because of our weakness. We find that in Romans 8, 26, we saw that last week. The Bible says this, that we know not what to pray in in ourselves. So the spirit of God will take and make intercession for us and take and and, and, uh, interpret those prayers when we're not even sure what to pray. We're weak and we need prayer and the spirit of God takes what we need and brings it in the throne room of heaven and interprets that prayer for us. The Spirit guides us. We saw this last week. We pray to the Father. We pray through the Son, and we pray in the Spirit. And a failure of so many of us is this. We'll pray to the Father. We'll even conclude our prayer in Jesus' name, but we're not praying in the Spirit. Why? uh, James says this, you lust, you kill, You fight in war. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. You're praying in the flesh. You're praying for your wants, your desires, what you want done. You're not praying in the spirit. And many times our prayers are hindered because we're not praying in the spirit of God. Repetitively, we're praying. We're just quoting words. We're just reading off a paper. That's not prayer. Prayer is talking with God. It's talking to God in Jesus, 
by, by walking in the spirit. And so thirdly, I want you to write this down because those first two are just kind of, we've talked about that. And I want you to write this down as well. Sometimes our prayers are hindered. We need to pray in the will of God. We need to pray the will of God. In 1 John 5.14, 1 John 5.14, the Bible says this, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Don't miss this, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. We must pray in the will of God. Many a times our prayers are hindered because we are not praying God's will. We're praying our will. This happens only when we pray in the spirit. You see, this is why praying in the spirit is such a vital importance to us when we pray because when we pray in the spirit, the spirit will always lead us into God's will. The Spirit of God will never, never, never lead us outside of God's will. The the Word of God will never teach us something contrary to God's will. The Spirit of God will never lead us in contrary to God's will. And oh, listen to me, Christian, this is why it's so important for us to not play Christian, but be serious in our walk with the Lord. When we are right in God's Word, it's pointing us to God. When we're praying in God's Spirit, it's pointing us to God. God's will is accomplished in our lives when we're right with him through his word and we're praying through his spirit. Then we can accomplish his will. Romans 12.1, the Bible says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is good and acceptable will of God. Every one of us here today, now that you're saved, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, you are not your own. You have been bought with a price. You belong to Jesus Christ. And the wonderful thing about that is is God has a plan for your life. I look across an auditorium like this, and in this auditorium, I'm seeing, I'm seeing there are some elderly folks, and then I'm looking over and I'm seeing some college-age uh, folks. And you know what the wonderful thing is? All through your life, God has the perfect will for your life. There's a place he wants you to go. We, you know, do you, do, you, do you believe this church that there's, there's those of you that are single here today, God has the right person for you? How many of you believe you married the right person? You better put your hand up. You better <laughs> just put your hand up. Even if you don't, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that afterwards. Put it up right now, especially if they're sitting next to you. How many of you are glad you married the right person? I'll tell you, (laughs) I hope you're glad too. God has all of these things planned. We don't have to aimlessly go through life trying to figure this out on our own. God has given us his will for our life, and it's through prayer, by, by praying 
in Jesus' name, by praying through the Spirit, that's where we find the will of God. And through prayer, God reveals his will. Oh, how important this is. Would you write this down? I believe I said this last week. The prayer that gets to heaven is the prayer that starts in heaven. You say, what do you mean by that? You see, God's will in heaven that he desires here upon this earth, when we pray his will to be done, what started in heaven will take place. Prayer is not some method by which man on earth gets his will done in heaven, but prayer is a method by which God in heaven gets his will done here upon this earth. It's God's will that he desires to accomplish here. In Matthew chapter 6, in verse number 10, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is saying, God, when we pray through God's will, God, what you have already decided, what your plan is, what your will is, what your desire is, is what I'm asking for here in my life. We can only do that through God's Spirit. Prayer is the Holy Spirit putting that desire in our hearts that originated in God's will and God's plan for our lives. And so he says this, look again in the in, in, uh, book of James chapter four. He says, from whence? Now with that all being said, let's look at James four in that perspective. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lust that warn your members? You lust and you have not, you kill and you desire to have, you cannot obtain, you fight and you war and you have not because you ask not. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. You're asking with the wrong intent. Why? That you can consume it upon your own lust. So how we're praying, and when we're praying in our own lust, when we're praying with our own desires, when we're letting our flesh dictate what our desires are, we're never going to receive God's will. The psalmist said in Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We love to hear and quote, God said he'll give me the desires of my heart, and God did say that. But you missed the first part of the psalmist verse. Delight yourself in the Lord. You see, when your heart is in tune with God and you are delighting yourself in the Lord, do you understand your prayer life is going to be different? When you're right with God and you're walking with God, delight yourself in the Lord. That changes how you pray. That changes how you think. The, the, Jesus said in, in Matthew 6, 33, what did he say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. We love the all these things should be added unto you. We look at prayer as, well, God, you said whatever I want, I'll ask. I, I can ask and you're gonna give it. God, so whatever I want, and if you don't give me, me what I want, then you're not being honest with prayer. We're forgetting that major part is this. When our heart is right with God, it will change how you pray. When you're delighting yourself in the Lord, you're not going to ask for what you want. 
When you're seeking the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, you're not going to ask to to, uh, consume with your lust. You're not going to ask for things in the flesh. You're going to desire God's will when you put God first. You want to put God, if you want a happy marriage, if you want a Christ-honoring marriage, you don't put the other person first, you put God first. If you want to raise godly children, you put God first. Oh, listen to me, church, if you want a Christ-honoring church, we don't then decide what we want, what we like, what we don't want, we don't, no, we put Christ first. We delight in him. I would say a spiritually healthy church is a church that honors this book and puts this word above all opinions of mankind. It's what God desires. It's delighting herself in this book, in his word. Delight yourself in the Lord and put his kingdom first. And if we seek to ask God for what we want, we'll be doing it with delighting in him and putting his kingdom first. And again, church, I can't say enough, that will change how we pray. Change how we pray. I want you to write this down, number four. Many a times our prayers are hindered because of disobedience. We must pray in obedience. Now, this is the part of the message where you say, now he's meddling. He's getting personal. There's, there's areas in the Bible that we don't like. There's areas in the Bible and Paul is discussing with the Corinthian church and he says many are sick and many are uh, asleep and, 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 and many, many, many uh, among you because they've come to the Lord's table unworthily. And we don't ever want to say, well, maybe, maybe you're sick. Maybe there's been a problem in your life. Maybe you're battling something because you're not right with God. People say, that's judgmental. I can't believe you'd say such a thing. I didn't, God did. Sometimes our prayers are hindered because we're not obedient. We're not right with God. We must not have unconfessed sin in our lives. Oftentimes we know that we have sin and we even say this, God, I I know that I'm not right. I know that I've made mistakes, but would you just answer this prayer anyways? That is so hypocritical. God, I know you're a holy God and you're a just God and you're a righteous God, but I'd like you to put away being holy, righteous, and just just so that I can get what I want. How foolish. Many a times our prayers are not answered because we are disobedient to God. In Psalm 66, 18, the psalmist wrote this, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If you're holding on to iniquity in your heart, the psalmist says, the Lord's not going to hear you. In Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter number one, verse number 15, you can follow along with me if you would please. Isaiah 1, 15, the Bible says this, and when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear your hands are full of blood. 
wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil. Cease to do evil. I have a, I have a hard time when politicians get up and quote scripture and have a moment of silence when their names are all over bills that are anti-God and anti-God's word. God is specifically talking to Isaiah and he's speaking of Israel as a nation. He's saying, you've turned from me. You, you, you can't sin. You can't say, I'm going to do what I want to do and live how I want to live and let my flesh be appeased. And I'm going to, I'm going to put away God's word and I'm going, to, I'm going to live however I want to live in defiance of God. And oh God, when I want to pray, I want you to hear me. Oh God, when I need something, I want you to answer me. Many a times our prayers are not answered because we are choosing to live in sin. Look with me in the book of Isaiah. We're going to be in chapter 59 of the same book, Isaiah 59. Let me read for you in verse number one. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But he says this, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongues have ministered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any uh, 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 pleadeth for truth, that they trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. He's saying simply this, O Israel, you're calling out. You want me to help. You want me to, to intervene, but you're choosing to live a life separate from truth. Oh, how many times are we living sinful lives? in directed disobedience to God. Yet we want to pray and we want God to hear us. Church, it's time to come clean with sin and stop playing games with God. I don't believe today that we have the power that we can have in our church and, and, I, and, and forget, I'm not even talking about the church in America or the church. I'm saying Monclova Road Baptist Church. I believe that there are things that God wants to do through this church and there's prayers that he wants to answer and there's great and mighty things that he wants to do. I believe there are, 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 are Danas all over the University of Toledo that, that need to hear the gospel and trust Jesus Christ. Where's Coder? Is Coder in here today? I believe there's, there's coders all over Lebanon that, that are growing up in, in Muslim homes that, that, that'll hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that God wants to save. I believe that God wants to heal. I believe that God wants to use his church because God wants to receive glory. 
It's not so that Monclova Road Baptist Church can say, look at us, we're a great church. Look what we do in our community. Look what we do for missions. Look what we do for God. Look what we do. No, God is looking for a a humble people, a gracious people, a loving people that will say, I want to get right with God. I want to be obedient to God. So God receives the glory. And I believe in our church, there's things that God wants to do that God will not do because there's some that are members of this church that are living, knowingly living in sin and you're powerless. You're powerless. You wonder why your prayers in your marriage aren't being answered. You wonder why your prayers in your family aren't being answered. You wonder why your prayers at work aren't being answered. You wonder why prayers in your health aren't being answered. You wonder why God just seems like there's a, there's a, a ceiling and God's not hearing you. Sometimes it may be because there is sin. And oh, my friend, get right with God. So your prayers can be answered. When we live in disobedience, and think that God will just ignore our disobedience when we pray, we're deceiving ourselves. Matter of fact, in 1 John chapter number 3, in verse number 22, allow me to read this for you, if you would, please. And whatsoever you ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If we want our prayers answered, we must ask in obedience. You know, James chapter four, there's this, this selfishness, asking amiss, asking so that your flesh is pleased, asking so that you can consume it upon your own lust. It's selfish praying. Hear me. See, why are you saying this? I'm saying this because I love you. I'm saying this because I want to see God bless your life. And I want to see God glorified in your life. I want to see God bless our church. I want to see God glorified in our church, but God will never share his glory with mankind. Selfishness is, is, is this. I want to live how I want to live. And I want you, God, to answer and give me what I want. Selfishness is, God, I want to live how I want to live, and I want you to give me whatever I ask. That is not biblical prayer. Matter of fact, that's what James is saying. You want to know why your prayers aren't being answered because you're asking amiss. You're asking for your own self. And let me say this lastly. Many a times our prayers are not answered because we're not in right fellowship with each other. Go with me to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. In verse number 25. Mark chapter 11, verse number 25. And when you stand praying, what's the Bible say? Forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you 
your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. If you have aught in your heart, you're limiting your prayers. Are you harboring grudges today? Your prayers are not going to be answered. You say, well, it's their fault. If you're harboring grudges, your prayers are not going to be answered. Forgive. But you don't know what they've done. It doesn't matter what they've done. Forgive. But, but you don't understand what you're saying is this. You don't understand what this makes my flesh feel like. Yes. It's all about you and how someone made you feel. You know what you must learn, Christian? And please take this in the heart that I'm giving it to you. Life is not about you. Learn to forgive. Life is about Jesus Christ, who forgave you of every single trespass in sin that you have ever committed. Be Christ-like. We're watching our world spiral out of control. We're watching evil permeate this world. We see what's happening, all the news around us. We, we watch some, some lunatic madman go in and massacre innocent children. And we sit across the aisle from brothers and sisters in Christ and we won't even speak to them. And we hold ought. And we have come to the place in our life where we justify it and we think we're right because we have been wronged. Get right with God and learn to forgive. Nothing in this world that has ever happened to you is worth holding a grudge and not having your prayers answered. I've been married a few years. And, and um, you know, being married to me is it's pretty easy, I think. <laughs> I think. No, it's not. Michelle's all sweet and innocent, and she, she is for the most part many days, but sometimes she's not easy to live with. But there's no fight that I've ever had with my wife in 23 years that is worth harboring bitterness and ought and is worth me losing the ability to take my petitions before God and pray in the spirit through, through Christ and desire God's will for my life. Pastoring is one of the most enjoyable, awful things at the same time. <laughs> See, what do you mean? People. You love them, and sometimes they're not lovable. 
Having a pastor is sometimes the most wonderful, awful thing. Because sometimes I'm lovable, and sometimes I'm not. But there's nothing worth you and me ever being at odds with to harbor bitterness or aught in our heart that should keep us from knowing God's will and living God's will. Not a thing. Don't make me that important. And I won't make you that important. But when I make myself so important, I justify holding on to aught and bitterness. And I miss out on an opportunity to see God's blessings. Some of you are bitter and you think you are holding it against them and they're the ones being hurt. And oh, listen to me. You are the one being hurt because you're not experiencing what God wants you to experience as his child. I often pray this, God, give me amnesia. Help me to forget. Help me to forget. I want to forgive and, and help me to forget. And, and it's true. I, I'm, I'm not kidding at all. There's many times that I'll say, Lord, just help me to forget. I don't want to remember. I don't want to remember. But when we get hysterical, what happens? We get historical and we start remembering and we start remembering and we start remembering and that root of bitterness comes up and the Bible tells us this, once that root of bitterness breaks ground, it defiles. You know who it defiles? The one's heart who's it's breaking ground in. Sometimes God's prayers aren't answered because his children aren't right with him. And sometimes God's prayers aren't answered because his children aren't right with each other. I close with this. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. Are you with me? How many wives are nudging their husbands right now? See, I told you. <laughs> Likewise, you husbands. Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life. What's the Bible say? That your prayers be not hindered. Sometimes our prayers are hindered because of our fellowship with each other is broken. You want power back in your home? Get right with God. You want power back in your life? Get right with God. If there's anyone in the world right now, as I'm preaching to you, if there's anyone right now that their name and their thought and their face causes angst and bitterness in your life, get it right. Stop holding on to it because it's not worth your prayers being hindered. 
You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.